The New Testament lesson for this All Saints Sunday comes from the Revelation to John, the 21st chapter, beginning at the first verse. Listen now for the word of God for you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was all very perplexing for a little Presbyterian girl. I grew up Protestant in a very Catholic world in Philadelphia, and I never ceased to be amazed by the beliefs and practices of my Catholic buddies. Sometimes that amazement turned to envy especially when it came to their array of patron saints. Whether it was an upcoming math test or a ride in the car or the sale of their house, it seemed there was a saint to help. Why didn't we Presbyterians have such advocates, I wondered. I mean, after God and Jesus, we've pretty much exhausted the possibilities for our prayers. And I must admit that at the risk of eternal damnation, I, on occasion, threw a few prayers farther afield. Nestled this past week between the commercial behemoth that Halloween has become and an increasing fascination with the Day of the Dead was the occasion that gave rise to both those celebrations, All Saints' Day. It has remained a major feast for some traditions, but like so many observances that define the pre-Reformation church, it was deemed too Catholic by our Presbyterian founder, John Calvin. Honoring the saints, our spiritual forebears was just a little too close to venerating them, something Calvin declared idolatrous. And that's too bad. It's too bad because if we diminish this annual celebration, we miss the opportunity to remember who we are, and how we got here. After all, 
who among us can claim to have come to this place of faith on our own. We were all set on our journeys of faith by parents and grandparents, teachers and preachers, neighbors and friends. We have been shaped and sheltered and nudged by those who have walked this way before us. In his holy flirtation with the world, God occasionally drops a handkerchief. These handkerchiefs are called saints. That's how novelist and theologian Frederick Beekner defines saint in his theological ABC. It's a quaint but beautiful image hearkening back to the days when a woman would drop a handkerchief to show her affection for a potential suitor. In a similar way, Beekner suggests, God has dropped saints, holy handkerchiefs, into our lives as a way of reaching out in love to us. The scripture texts appointed for this All Saints Sunday speak of that God, our God who never abandons us to our circumstances, nor leaves us in despair. Both texts emerged from times of great challenge for God's people. The Israelites, who were facing assault and eventual captivity by their enemies, and the destruction of the temple they loved. And the first century Christian community that was feeling the weight of despair and persecution. They are apocalyptic visions of God's promises, promises kept in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and promises still to be honored in the ultimate reign of Christ. They are visions replete with earth-shattering drama, but also persistent hope. But amid the cacophony of these texts is one of the most beautiful images in Scripture. God as the one who comes down to us, who saves us, and who will wipe every tear from our eyes. Layering these texts over this special day reminds us that God has begun the work of drying our tears by means of the saints who have graced our lives. In a riff on that saying you sometimes see embroidered on pillows or calligraphied on plaques, God couldn't be everywhere so God created saints. Saints, holy handkerchiefs dropped into our paths to show us the way and to cheer us on. Now this is the point in the sermon where I would ordinarily offer some examples of 
people who could be considered saints to us. That's what I always taught my preaching students. But I realize that naming anyone as a saint can be problematic. For sainthood, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Our personal canons of saints are as individual as our fingerprints or our DNA. I can't say who along your journey of faith God dropped in your path when you most needed it. Who was there to dry your tears, pick you up and brush you off and set you on your way again? You know who they are, most of them anyway, for we all also have a set of stealth saints, saints who perhaps passed through our lives only fleetingly, or whose gifts we only recognize in retrospect. On this All Saints Sunday, we remember and honor and give thanks for all the saints. But it's not a passive celebration. It is instead a day that challenges us to live into the examples they have left and the vision of the kingdom of God portrayed in these scripture texts. In her exquisite novel, Gilead, Marilyn Robinson tells the story of John Ames, an elderly minister who was reviewing his life in a letter to his son. Quoting that wonderful verse, he acknowledges the tears God will have to wipe from our eyes if we are to be faithful. But he also acknowledges the responsibility God gives us to carry on the witness of the saints. He reminds his young son that as he puts it, precious things have been put into our hands and to do nothing to honor them is to do great harm. In this season of stewardship, we cannot help but remember all we have been given by God and by the saints who have been dropped into our lives like holy handkerchiefs. To fail to honor the precious things they have handed on to us would be to do great harm indeed. I said I wasn't going to name any saints, but earlier this week I was reminded of one who would probably make the personal canons of many of us, Fred Rogers, better known as Mr. Rogers to countless children and children at heart, was a Presbyterian minister. I don't know what he thought about the saints, but I got a bit of a clue when I heard Tom Hanks, the actor who portrays Mr. Rogers in an upcoming movie, interviewed a few days ago. 
The new movie was filmed at Rogers' Pittsburgh studio, not far from the Tree of Life synagogue, where 11 worshipers were massacred last Saturday. Tom Hanks made this connection and recalled the many times Fred Rogers had been asked how one should respond in the face of tragedy. Mr. Rogers' reply was always, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Look for the helpers, the saints, the holy handkerchiefs. Over the decades, that perplexed and envious little Presbyterian girl has come to realize something. We Presbyterians might not believe in patron saints in quite the same way as our Catholic neighbors, but we have something just as good and perhaps even better. We have that great cloud of witnesses those holy handkerchiefs whose examples continue to give us strength and courage and who continue to dry our tears. And heaven knows there's a lot to cry about these days. As we gather around this holy table, we give thanks to them and for them and honor them by our own faithfulness until that promised day when we feast with them in glory. This is our prayer and our commitment. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>